welcome to another episode of Sidekick TV. Today, again, I've got Michael Hempseed with me, uh, who's the author of the book, Being a True Hero. And you may recall one of our first ever Sidekick TVs when we were do, uh, during lockdown, I think it was, we had um, a really great presentation video from you on uh, uh, I suppose the effects of um, you know anxiety and, and other various uh, things. So, but the reason I thought it was really timely to have Michael on again is I certainly know that a number of people I was speaking to, and really probably, if I'm being honest, you know, a lot of my own like feelings um, over these latest announcements were probably causing some anxiety. Um, certainly with myself and a, and a number of friends and I just thought what a time to get you back on um, but Michael I wanted to know you know what have you seen what have been the impacts of these uh, this latest lockdown announcement? Yes I think all over New Zealand there's a very mixed reaction obviously some people are coping really well I mean, it hasn't decimated the country or anything so some people that are still performing really well um, some people in business, it's business as usual, there's been no change. Mm -hmm. However, there certainly has been quite a large number of people where there have been some challenges. Um, where, um, say, if you own a restaurant, um, especially if you're in Auckland, obviously not being able to operate at the same capacity, that's obviously been really stressful. And I think a lot of people say, well, business owners are just really selfish, this is all about money. But actually, it's far more than just money. You know, this is people's livelihoods. Um, our job gives us a sense of meaning in life. And also the fear of having to lay off good staff and some of those things, or if you have a mortgage, you know, the fear of not being able to pay that, these are all very real concerns for people. So it's really important to know that it's not just about money, um, but it's all these other things that's had an impact on people for life. Yeah, totally. And you're so right that it's, it, it, it can seem from, depending on which side of the fence you're on, that it's just... Um, a capitalist or, or consumerist reaction to being closed down, but like you say, it's far deeper than that. Yeah. Pretty much every New Zealander I know that employs people, it does it out of care for them, care for their business, care for a great end result. The thought of having to let them go or, or you know diminish their income or what have you weighs so heavy on them. Um, no, I think that's a really good point that you mentioned there. And just one other thing I'll mention is that uncertainty is very difficult to deal with. Human beings like to know what's happening. And obviously um, this has disrupted a lot of people's plans. We're thinking, yeah, is this going to go on for longer? And what other impact is this going to have? It's also the uncertainty. There's a really interesting study where they gave people basically the option of having a certain electric shock or a possible electric shock. And believe it or not, people actually chose the certain electric shock over maybe getting one or not. But that shows that actually deep down we want to know what's happening. You know, we don't like, you know, possibly bad things coming up in the future. Wow. But yeah. yeah. And another thing I'm sure I heard from you, it could have even come up in that last video that we did, was um, the aftershocks yeah. caused far more um, emotional trauma to people in Canterbury than the actual more far more devastating yeah. uh, or physically devastating original earthquakes. Yeah, I mean obviously everyone's different and certainly there will be some people, you know, it was the first earthquake that was really difficult. For a lot of people I think um, the sense that we're over this now and then suddenly find out oh we're not we're yeah. back where we were before. Yeah. That's really difficult for people. One of the other things you know about disasters is it's often not the immediate psychological impact that gets people in the days and weeks afterwards, but it's the long-term impact. Um, most people, when a disaster strikes, they've got a lot of resilience and they're ready to face something. So when the first lockdown struck, a lot of people thought, yes, we're ready to go for this, we can make this through. 
And um, it's obviously been a few months since that happened. And sometimes people's resilience wears down bit by bit. And I feel like with the second lockdown, and while there certainly is some optimism out there, I feel this time I saw a lot more comments of, we're over this now. I think part of that's that slow unwearing weight resilience over time. Yeah. Is that is that one of the warning signs that we should be um, looking for? I mean, how can we spot um, someone that might perhaps need some help, need some support? Yeah. So first of all, uh, we need to be aware that um, probably most people are feeling a bit more stressed than normal, and probably most people maybe feeling a bit flatter than normal. They might have the same energy. So it's really important that we acknowledge that those are feeling normal signs of a reaction to a difficult or traumatic event. However, some of the signs you want to be a bit more concerned about would be, say, if someone can't get to sleep at all at night. Um, so if they're lying awake so at 3 or 4 in the morning thinking, am I going to lose my business, am I going to have to lay staff off, yeah. you know, that'd be a sign that this has turned from sort of normal stress to actually something that's a bit more serious. Um, likewise, if people um, are so either upset about this they can't eat at all, um, the basic functions of life, so when some of those things are affected, um, that starts to be a pretty good indicator of whether this is um, sort of normal life or whether this is actually a bit more serious. So for example, if someone just said, I can't eat, I just feel so upset, so angry, so anxious, I just can't give me food down or anything like that, that would possibly be a warning sign. And then, of course, um, obviously things like people who have thoughts of suicide, you know, not wanting to be here. Um, I would say it's probably fairly normal for people to sort of have a flash of this, and I think, I don't want to go through this again, but it's probably fairly normal. But if it gets to the point where people are seriously thinking about this and thinking, you know, how do I actually end it when I really don't want to be here, that's really a sign that we need to get people help. Mm. Now, often what we do is we tell people to speak up. But one of the problems is that often if you're in a really bad space yourself, you don't realise the difficult situation you're in. So instead of um, telling people to speak up, what we need to do is reach out to people that are struggling. And so rather than just expecting people to recognise this themselves, we need the whole community to be aware of some of the warning signs that I've just talked about. And if you recognise this in someone else, you need to go up to them and say something like, I have noticed or I am concerned. We often tell people to say, how are you? But the problem is, in the Western world, if you say, how are you, you get the automatic, I'm fine, response. It's a rhetorical if, question. Yeah, <laughs> even if they're not. Yeah. So that's why it's really important to say, um, I'm concerned. So, for example, if you know that someone used to be a really happy person, they used to go out a lot, they used to be really social, and now they seem to be a lot more withdrawn, maybe they've got a heaviness about them, it seems like they've got the weight of the world on their shoulders... You should go up to that person and say, you know, I have noticed lately you don't seem to be yourself. I've noticed that you don't seem to have the same happiness and enthusiasm for life that you had. I'm not angry, but I'm really concerned for you. Have you noticed this too? And usually if you say, I have noticed or I am concerned, people tend to be much better at responding to that. Yeah, yeah. And do you think they are aware of it themselves? I think this is one of the really tricky things about, um, particularly, say, mental illness, is that not everyone realises they have it. One of the things we found about, particularly, depression is there's a part of the brain called the medial prefrontal cortex. This is the part of the brain you use to think about yourself, and we found this doesn't function so well in people with depression. So the part of the brain associated with you know, thinking about how do I feel, how do others view me, is not working so well. Sometimes that means it's really difficult to pick this up. Um, I just say I've um, met people with serious depression, you know, they're obviously very distressed, they don't want to live, and I've asked them, you know, 
do you think this is a problem? And they say, oh no, this is normal. And sometimes they genuinely mean it. So this is where, obviously this is not everyone, I want to be very clear about this, this is only a small percentage of people, but we do need to be aware that some people um, may need more help. And I guess if you see someone that you think they don't understand the bad situation you're in, contacting their GP would be a really good place to go to. Yeah, right, okay. And the, um, I think you mentioned it in the last video again, that uh, that part of the brain, is it the same part of the brain where it can get up to 17% smaller? This campus, that's another part of it, ah, it's right, the memory okay. bit of the brain. Right, yeah. So yeah, there are some significant changes that happen. Actual physical changes, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is not an imaginary made-up illness, it's mm. very real. And when you say, you know, I mean, there are some key things to identify there, but you know, very bad sleep or no sleep at all, uh, lack of appetite, uh, lack of like enthusiasm or their own energy. So these are things that we should be keeping an eye out for people. Um, so just the other thing is sort of anything else that's just really out of character. Yeah. Um, and there's also something called mania, where some people, it's the opposite of depression, they actually um, seem to be very happy and ecstatic. But the problem is sometimes they make really foolish decisions. Oh, I was just going to say, sign me up for that. That's yeah, awesome. I, I know, it sounds like a terrible <laughs> thing. But you know, unfortunately, sometimes they spend their life savings in a weekend or something oh. like that because they're not thinking clearly. So it's really, if you think there's something really odd or really out of character, either talk to the person or contact their GP. Yeah. Um, so if you're not sure, do something about it. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's a major fear that, um, yeah, I mean, it would be the just the worst thing to ever um, go through if it was, say, one of our clients or whatever. I, I think that we have quite a bit of access to information about people, but it's not the emotive stuff, so it's, it's hard to trigger. But, you know, I was speaking to a, um, a great client of ours, you know, a good mate of mine actually now down in um, Queenstown, and he was telling me that um, 17 people have actually committed suicide in Queenstown since the first lockdown, which is just vastly above average. It's yeah. the locals. Um, you know, one of the recent ones was someone that um, he used to work with quite a bit and send him work because of the nature of what they both do. Uh, you know, left behind wife, children. And, you know, I, when that happens, it's no judgment of that person, right? It's yeah. just they've felt they've been in a situation that, you know, that's the outcome. Um, and, and you've said as well, it could be the possible grief of losing a job, losing a business, fear of losing those yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. So there can be many causes of some of this stuff. Um, obviously, one of the things that really would help in situations like that is to talk about stories of recovery. Mm. So I think a lot of people, if they um, are either losing a business or think this could happen to them, they think there's no hope, there's no way out of this. Mm. Actually, there's a very um, well-known person that um, owned a business that actually failed miserably, and he ended up with a debt that took him 17 years to pay off. Yeah. And you'd think, a 17-year debt, that's hopeless, life isn't worth living. Um, I didn't mention this man's name, but it was Abraham Lincoln. Um, so he went on obviously to be very successful. So that one of the antidotes to this is to really talk about people in business that maybe have found it really difficult, that have really struggled and found a way through this. Because it's really important to know that um, you know, business is really difficult to be in. Um, you know, I think we've got this idea that everyone's a multi-millionaire and they drive around in Ferraris, but a lot of people really struggle. And so one of the things that can happen is it's easy to get some really dark thoughts in those times, but if we hear that other people were able to go through difficult situations and come out on the other side and didn't die by suicide, 
they can make a huge difference. And there often is, I mean, you know, so much of the stuff that we talk about in businesses, okay, um, it, they are simple steps. They are key things that you can look at in your business that will make often pretty radical yeah. positive differences. Yeah. But when they're not, um, they're not obvious, they're not uh, brought to attention, we can't go pursuing them. When people are only looking at dollars in a bank, bills they can't pay, yeah. um, that, that negative uh, you know, downward pressure that you can feel in business, there are no solutions in those parts. You know? You've got to actually look at going, right, what can I control? So in a business I can control my relationship with my customers. Yeah. To a degree, my relationship with my suppliers from from footing it. Yeah. Um, how much my clients spend, how regularly they spend, uh, you know, what I charge for things. All of this is within your control. Yeah. And a lot of the time where I've seen businesses failing, there's an underlying, and often it's not under that much of the surface, yeah. uh, problem to a business. But we've just been able to get away with it for a while yeah. because um, you know, time's been good. What we've seen is a really negative change in the times, and it, we, but we can still adapt to that. Yeah, and I think, you know, ultimately, human life is more important than a business. Even mm. if you do, um, worst case scenario, a business does go bankrupt. Some people feel, you know, that's so embarrassing that life's not worth living because of that. But actually, lots of people have had a business failure and been able to go on and recover. And ultimately, there are other things that can be done. So it's important to look at the bigger picture. And I'd also say, you know, reach out to your accountant if you're in business. Um, because people sometimes get so overwhelmed by things that they may not be aware of, um, say, taxation relief or something like that that's available. So there is a lot of support out there. Sometimes I think, again, this really dark and frame of mind, you don't see some of the other options out there. That's why it's really important to reach out to someone, and possibly, obviously, um, say a doctor or a counsellor if it's psychological. But also think they're just talking to your accountant about some of the stuff rather than you're thinking, I'm going to get this huge tax bill, I'm not going to be able to pay it, what on earth do I do? You know, talk to someone, there's usually at least some options here. Yeah, yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, and, and I, I really appreciate that comment, because certainly, you know, I want to be one of the uh, first lines of defence yeah. with someone that's uh, feeling like this. Um, and again, you know, there are many people that you can reach out to and speak to, um, ultimately, be aware of yourself, your own behaviours and those around you, uh, because I really do believe that it's actually sticking together. Um, you know, there might be a lockdown three, okay, but we need to actually be resilient enough to be able to deal with that. Yeah. Um, but you're not going to do that if you're trying to do it on your own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you can, if you realise this is affecting you, do try and get help yourself. Mm -hmm. But be aware that not everyone can do that. So that's where we need to have a community response to this. Yeah. Um, and it could be anyone, you know, it could be your neighbour, you know, it could be a taxi driver, but if you see anyone and you think there's something not right here, make that your responsibility to go up to that person and talk to them and get them to help. So don't assume that someone else has seen this, don't assume that someone else has done something. If you notice it, you should do something about this. Oh, yeah, excellent. Hey, thank you so much for that, Michael. Thank you. Uh, we'll wrap up there. So I realise this probably wasn't the, the cheeriest version of Sidekick TV that we've ever done, but this stuff is important, okay? So, um, yeah, thank you very much for watching. Um, that's a wrap.